Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, Scott Pioli live in 15 minutes. Outstanding insight into the wheeling and dealing around this draft. Todd McShay later today will take your questions for him nine days till the draft. Rumors are flying faster than Steph Curry can chuck up threes. Plus, I'm pretty sure I have a chance to win the World Series this year. That's right, me. I will explain that as we roll along. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. Okay. And here's the one place I'm going to start today. I want to give credit to a member of our staff. That's correct. And that would be young Devin. And I'll tell you why. The kid has guts. If you're a regular listener of this show and you're starting to get to know our staff, I call them the hashtag crew. We have hashtag Hembo, who's here in our studio with us. We have hashtag Bubba, one of the most accomplished people I know who runs our board every day. Hashtag Nuno is our regular producer. He's not in today. And then there's hashtag Devin, who is the youngest member of our staff and has been known to present, I think it is fair to say, a seemingly endless array of absolutely terrible takes on this program. He has given us more ridiculous insight that he has, for which he has received unmerciful mocking and well-deserved that I have to give him a lot of credit because today he presented an idea that took a lot of courage. Let me explain the pitch and the way this works, okay? We have a Google Doc on this show where one of the things that all the members of the staff will do is they will present different ideas. They'll see a story here. I saw an article. I saw a stat. I saw this on Twitter. And they will put them in the Google Doc. And I, whenever I... Uh, whenever I choose, we'll go through them and I will plug in the things that I'd like and we'll put those things into the show. So, I want you to, I'm going to read to you verbatim what Devin put into the Google Doc for us today. Because I think this took, considering his history of, of mockery on this program, I think it took a lot of guts. I'll make this straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. He put, Greeny, throughout all of your draft prep, let me know if you've come across this yet. With the first two picks being widely accepted as Trevor Lawrence to the Jags and Zach Wilson to the Jets, and a new report stating the 49ers have been heavily involved in Trey Lance's pro day, we could be looking at an event the NFL has never seen before. Atlanta picks fourth, and while they could be looking to trade down, many teams could be looking up for the chance to take an offensive weapon. Many believe that could be Jamar Chase. Should this happen or Atlanta takes him themselves, and the first three picks go as stated above, with Lance going to San Francisco, we could be looking at a draft where nine straight first names are selected. The top of the board would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Jamar Chase, and then the first name of whoever the fifth pick is. That would be nine consecutive first names to begin the draft. He then wrote in parentheses, Sorry if this wasted everyone's time, but I just had to put it in the dock. And then in separate parentheses, he wrote Devin. So, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. I'm going to go around the horn here for the members of the hashtag crew, and I want you to tell me, is this genius or is this cause for permanent banishment of his hashtag? Again, I call Hembo, hashtag Hembo. I call Bubba, hashtag Bubba. I call Nuno, hashtag Nuno. Devin has already been risking losing his hashtag because his takes have been so bad. I will save my opinion for last. Hembo, 
Is this genius or is this the stupidest thing you've ever heard a person put into a Google Doc in your life? B, it is the stupidest thing oh, ever. ever. Yes. Okay. Come on. Bubba? Come on, Devin. I, I, and I, I will bring Bubba into the conversation here. And Bubba, many people may not know this, but in a previous, like, Bubba was actually the one who coined the phrase, no idea is a bad idea. That actually originated with Bubba. That right. has been copywritten and all of that. So, um, so, so you actually have excellent perspective on this. Was this a brilliant idea, or is it the cause for to permanently banish, in fact, maybe even permanently banish him from the show? I mean, I would love to get rid of him full time. That's a, that is great. Um, he loves it. It is an interesting concept. I'll give him that. However, it's not his original idea. So had he come up with it himself, I would say great. But he didn't. However, it's still fairly interesting. So I propose just a short-term removal of the hashtag. Well, I, and now I need to do an investigation. What are you suggesting? From whom did he steal this idea? Yeah, he, f- I, I, he I found f- it online. What, what do you mean you found it online? You presented this as though it was your idea. This could change my entire perspective on this. Where <laughs> online did you find Online is a very non-specific way of giving credit where credit is due. Where did you find this online? In, in my research for the show this morning, uh, a website called Reddit, pretty popular <laughs> Uh, the NFL subreddit had this on there. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what you're telling me, because you know I didn't see it, is that you are giving this to me, you're presenting this to me as though it is some brilliant thing you just thought of, when in reality, millions upon millions of people who follow NFL Reddit will have already seen it. <laughs> yes, but you weren't going to see it if I didn't present it. That's my point. You know, That's all correct. this draft prep, That's draft prep fair, doing. But you I'd- might have pointed out it somewhere this was on NFL Reddit, Greeny, so if you read it in its entirety, it will not be completely new to at least some people. I could have said that, yes. Yes, you could have. Because otherwise, I was going to say, I love it. Oh, yes, come on. Yes. I live for stuff like this. You know I love stuff like this. I just did an entire day yesterday on songs the Beatles did that could be used with names of different people from sports. You heard me do that. Norwegian Kerry Wood was one of my favorites. The, the, the Howie Long and Winding Road. I love words. I love this kind of thing. But the fact that it is not an original idea kind of ruins it. Yeah, for his, me. not only do I think that it's incredibly stupid, it's also plagiarized. Yeah, so it, is, <laughs> it has been plagiarized. So I, for at least the, the, the remainder of this day, not only does he lose the hashtag, but he loses the D and the E. All he is right. now just Vin. For the remainder of today's program, he is just Love it. Vin. Next order of business Greenies Takes. All right, here we go with my takes for the day. And number one, Steph Curry is not only at this point with what he is doing. In the MVP conversation, Steph Curry is the most valuable player in the NBA. And I will tell you why. Steph Curry is single-handedly saving an NBA season that is otherwise an absolute disaster. The mere fact that he has played 11 straight games, much less scored 30 points or more in all of them, in this season is remarkable. So to me, not only has he been ridiculously good, he has six games this year with 10 or more threes. No other player has more than five of them in their career. He scored 49 points yesterday. During an 11-game stretch, he has set the record for most threes over a three-game span, four-game span, five-game span, six-game span, seven-game span, eight, nine, 10, and 11. 
Since last Monday alone, he would rank third all-time in career games with 10 three-pointers. He's made more threes in his last 21 games than Michael Jordan ever did in a season. And Steph Curry, more importantly than any of that, has done it with joy. He's done it with a smile on his face. Where's the joy in the NBA? Steph Curry, if you look at the definition of the word valuable, you can't be more valuable than he is to the NBA right now. Thank goodness for Steph Curry. He's the MVP. Next up, Patrick Marlowe broke a record I thought would never be broken. He played in his 1,768th career game last night, Sharks against the Golden Knights, breaking Gordy Howe's record for the most games played in NHL history. Now, some names just stand out in sports. And so while I will not sit here and pretend that I have studied hockey's history the way I do basketball and all of that, I know enough to know that when you break Gordy Howe's record for longevity... You have accomplished something extraordinary. Gordy Howe debuted at the age of 18, played until he was 52. His nickname was Mr. Hockey. Patrick Marlowe has now played more games than the man they call Mr. Hockey. That's my second take. And then third, and I genuinely believe this, I think they should name the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award after Alex Smith. I really do. When you consider what Alex Smith went through to come back and play last season, When you consider that not only did he almost lose his leg, he almost lost his life. And this was a man who was already financially set. He was the first pick in the draft, for crying out loud, before there was a rookie salary cap. This is a guy who's got $100 million in the bank and came back for the love of the game, risking everything. I genuinely believe some consideration should be given to making that the Alex Smith Award as the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year. And those are a couple of quick takes to get your day started here. Scott Pioli will join me coming up momentarily. The green list is about Michael Jordan, and I will explain how I could win the World Series this year. All that and more on the way, just getting started. Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Scott Pioli will join me live in just a minute on the Goodyear hotline. I want to invite you, starting right now, to tweet at us. Use just hashtag Greeny, Greeny with a Y, with your questions for Todd McShay. 
McShay is going to join us, and I'm going to try and do that interview using only your questions on Twitter. So if you have draft questions for McShay, let's get beyond the five big quarterbacks here. We've been talking about them for months. We're nine days away from this thing. So just use hashtag Greeny and tweet your questions for McShay. I'll credit you on the air, and we will ask him. We'll try and do the whole interview based on your questions when he joins us a little over an hour from now. Uh, meanwhile, Scott Pioli in 30 seconds. Quick word from 1-800-Flowers.com. This Mother's Day, lock in your place as the golden child by ordering Mom's Bouquet early from 1-800-Flowers.com, where right now you can get 36 sorbet roses for just 36 bucks. Each bouquet includes an impressive mix of pastel shades, pink, orange, lavender. Show all the moms how much you love them by ordering today from the official florist of Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers.com. Here's how you do it. To order 36 sorbet roses for $36, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter the code GREENIE. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. The code is GREENIE. Hurry, the offer expires on Friday. And with that, I am delighted to welcome Scott Pioli, longtime NFL executive, now an analyst for the NFL Network, back to our program here on ESPN Radio. Hello again, Scott Pioli. Hello again, Mike. How the heck are you? I, I, I'm good. And, and I, I, here's where I want to begin. This was not what I was planning. But at the very end of our TV show this morning, Mike Tannenbaum brought up a really interesting uh, thought as, as a former general manager, as you are. And I really want to follow up on the mechanics of it. So we were just supposing, and, and this doesn't have to be the, we'll use this as an example, but I don't necessarily mean this specifically, that if Bill Belichick, whom you obviously know well, if he has it in his mind that, that if a certain quarterback falls to number eight, where Matt Rule and the Panthers are sitting, that he would call up Matt Rule like today and say, okay, let's make a deal that is that 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 essentially is if this player is there at that time we'll make this trade but it exclusively is is hinged upon that as opposed to making the deal now and i just find the mechanics of that fascinating so i'd love you just through your long experience to sort of talk us through how that kind of stuff works i don't mean specific things you did but just how that kind of works because i have to believe you're getting those calls from a lot of different people yeah, a ton of those calls are going on right now. But here's what I'll say about Bill specifically. Um, and a lot, I don't think he would lock in today to something absolutely specifically because there's so many. I think one of the things that I learned working with Bill is as we went through experiences and things that actually happened back in Cleveland, anytime that you locked yourself into anything that was so definitive, that you ended up unintentionally potentially setting yourself up for failure or being in a situation where you would be untruthful, again, unintentionally. So there's so many different scenarios and so many different things that could happen in that one through eight or nine or 15 that you really don't know, Mike. Now, are they having the conversations right now? Absolutely. I think people are talking about things, but I don't think that there's a moment, unless you're going to do it right now, there's no reason to speak in absolutes. Again, Mike, it's one of those things like when you're working with players, right? And you tell a player, listen, we think we're going to have you back, right? When you cut a player and we think we're going to have you back. I guarantee you we'll have you back this year. Well, that player may be a running back, but you may have a run of injuries at, at, at defensive back. And then you unintentionally tell an untruth to a player. I, I hope I'm making this comparison no, I get in a good it. way. Yeah. That you have to be careful with those relationships, Mike. So what you're saying is you don't lock into it now. You sort of set the parameters 
of what th- that's what I find fascinating here is the mechanics, what you're doing. And, and I don't mean to put words in Mike T's mouth. He, he may have been suggesting exactly what you're suggesting, and I just sort of didn't fully grasp it. But what you're doing is you're setting in place the parameters, because now here's what I'm imagining. Right. So now all of a sudden, Bill has had that. Con- Again, I'm just using this as an example. Bill has had that conversation mm-hmm. with Matt Rule. Now, 20 minutes later, Denver calls Matt Rule. <laughs> They're at nine and they say, if the same player is sitting there, I'll give you X. Now what happens? You nailed it, Greeny, and that's why you can't speak in absolutes because you never know when that better offer is going to come. So you're, you're nailing it. So the conversations are having happening now. Again, you're setting parameters. If, you know, if then, what was that called? A hypothesis back in, yeah. uh, in geometry class, if then. Well, I think that's kind of what you're setting up because that's the exact point. Something better may come along and people understand business. But again, you're even only doing these these parameters with people that you know and trust. That's mm. the other key, key is the relationships right now, Mike. Yeah, because if you're, let's just say for the sake of argument, again, Belichick, and, and he might even be one who has taken it to the extreme, but once he puts that out there, now at least one other person knows who he really wants. And, and that's information that could become valuable and you certainly don't want it getting out. Correct. Okay. No, abs- you're absolutely I find this fascinating. I hope everyone in the audience finds this as fascinating as I do. So how do you weigh, again, Scott Pioli, an NFL Network analyst. You can follow him on Twitter, at Scott Pioli 51 And NFL Network will have live coverage of the draft from Cleveland uh, on, from April 29th through May 1st, as we will. We'll all be there together. Um, how do you weigh, Scott, when you're making this decision, whether to make that deal now, whether to just say, look, I, I need this. I need to lock into that spot. I'm going to make that trade a week before the draft versus rolling the dice and, and, and trying to do it on the clock. And what are the differences? I think, again, I was always a big believer in waiting until you got near or on the clock because, again, there's so many variables and so many things that can change between now and then. It may seem, once you make that move, for instance, you move up to eight, People may lock in on what you're doing, so other people may leapfrog you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be careful on how much you want to show your hand. Again, I was more of an on-the-clock person, and and I think Bill Bill and I both were. And um, b- because, again, there was just that – the likelihood of the variables changing that uh, – that, again, you brought up the perfect example before. What if another team comes in? And if you're the person making that trade to move back – you want to maximize. You don't know when you're going to get your best offer. Well, Scott Pioli is with me here. So one more on this, because, again, I, I just find it endlessly fascinating. How, how much can you generally expect the prices to go down as you get on the clock, which is to say to move up from, I'm just making this up, 15 to 10 right now, what it would cost you to do that in draft capital versus when the Cowboys at 10 are actually on the clock, what they what they would accept in a trade at that point. How would you assess what the difference in that usually is? It's a volatile market, right, Mike? So right now people are saying, wow, we might have five quarterbacks go or four quarterbacks go in the top you know, five or six picks. Well, if there's a run on quarterbacks, well, then if you're looking for something other than a quarterback, that may put you in a perfect position. It depends on what you're looking for. It depends on what's happening before. Again, so if you're wanting Panay Sewell and there's going to be that real real run on quarterbacks, well, then you may be able to mitigate what you have to give up in terms of move, giving up less to move up to get in your, yourself in the position to get Panay Sewell. So, 
the market, you, you know, you don't get to dictate the market. That's the amazing thing is you have to have plans, not a plan, but multiple plans, and then take, you know, there's this old saying, uh, you know, a very smart football person once told me, you know, you have to let the draft come to you. Mm. You need to be proactive and actionable, but also be willing to understand to let the draft come to you. And that's, I think, a perfect example of it. Well, I've been doing so much of this of late because of this role that I have this year hosting it. And Mel has said a million times on all these calls and all these Zooms, your bo- this, the reason you make a board in the first place is to keep yourself from making the huge mistake. That, that The mistake is to deviate from the board, right? So regardless of need, regardless of anything else, you rank all the players in the draft, even the ones you're not, you have no chance or no interest in taking because you want to be true to some sort of board. Does that, does that sound right to you? Absolutely. That's why you have a horizontal board and a vertical board. The the good teams that I've been a part of that drafted well, you had a horizontal board and a vertical board where your mark your you know your your horizontal board has only really the players that you're going to pick. But then you have to take a vertical board and rank all the players, understanding that players that you're not necessarily interested in are going to go before when you pick, and you and that does help you stay true to the board because when you're sitting in that room and you're one of the two or three decision makers, and usually there's never just one decision maker, it's that leadership group. And when you're sitting in that room with the owner, who's a person that you have to answer to, and they see you deviating where there's a player ranked all the way up here, you move away from that player. The owner saying, wait a second, they're looking at it from a business standpoint saying, now, why are you moving away from that value? to go and take this down here. Mm-hmm. Are you being emotional? Are you in, it keeps you from being too emotional, quite honestly. So it, you know, it's a great point that Mel brings up. So you protect yourself from yourself. Scott Pioli with me on the Goodyear <laughs> hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. I know that was kind of in the weeds, but I myself find it fascinating quickly while I have you. Uh, that was great. Let's run through a few players uh, of the quarterbacks. Take Trevor Lawrence out of the conversation. The other four that are going to go early, which one do you like? If, if you had your choice of those other four after Lawrence, which one do you take? Circumstantially, I think I like Mac Jones. and, and But I say circumstantially because I do want to have – I don't want to take Mac Jones and throw him right into the fire now. I want to give him a little time to develop. And the guys that I see just like right next to one another, different types of quarterbacks – are Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Because, again, like you say, uh, the first guy's out of there. (laughs) Right. Well, now you're upsetting me, I must tell you, Scott, because the one name you didn't mention is the one who's going to go second to the team that I've spent my entire stupid life rooting for. What? what, Why is that? Wait, who's your guy? Uh, My guy? Well, it doesn't matter who my guy is. My guy is about to become Zach Wilson. I'm on my way to the DMV to rename my children. My son's going to become Zach, and my daughter's going to become Wilson. I have no option in this, Scott. So you tell me why he wouldn't be number two on your board. I just, I love his tools. I am more sold on some of the other additional things. Mac Jones, I love his accuracy. I love, I've watched him closely. I know more about him. And to be fair, I probably don't know enough about Zach other than his tools and his skills. I've interacted with these other two quarterbacks to know them and their personalities. I would feel very comfortable with them leading my tools. So maybe I'm leaving Zach out because I just don't know enough. Again, in this pandemic, I've been sitting in this, you know, in this basement office of mine and don't know him as well. I would want to spend time. I'm a big believer in the quarterback that you draft has to be just as much just as much importantly 
a leader and a makeup guy. So maybe it's that way. So don't take it personally, Mike, please. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm devastated by this, but we'll move quickly through a few more. Uh, we came up on, on the conversation on TV this morning, pass rushers, which is as valuable as anything in the sport. And there aren't really any at the very top of this draft. If you need a guy in this draft, who's going to go after the quarterback, who do you like? I, Oh gosh. The guy I like that is not a pure, total, complete pass rusher, but is going to do it from different positions is Quiddy Pay. Mm-hmm. And he's not a complete, total edge guy, right? And I think sometimes people hear defensive ends, edge rushes. I think Quiddy Pay, because of his build, is going to be a good pass rusher if you put him at the three technique, right? If he's having to go against a guard, because he has the size, I think, in the build where he will get more bulk to do that. I'm just not sold completely on any of these pass rushers, Mike. It's a really unique year. Um, to me, they're all next tier down. Mm-hmm. We don't have someone that's dynamic. If it's a year to be looking for it, I think you're going to be looking at a guy who's going to be a next tier pass rusher. I think that's exactly that's what everyone is saying. Quiddy Pay is a kid from Michigan, for those who don't know. Fascinating story. Yeah. Um, his life story is fascinating. He, he probably, he might wind up being the first of them off the board and the only one who goes up that high for that reason. Anyway, I could do this forever. Scott Pioli, again, uh, NFL Network. You'll see him. They'll be in Cleveland. We'll be in Cleveland. I can't wait to do it. I hope that I will see you there, Scott. Thank you. I always appreciate the time. Be well. Thanks, Mike. Take care. You too. That's Scott Pioli. Really good. We're presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. So that's my draft conversation. Next up, if you think I've had some crazy ideas before, wait till you get a load of this. Green Light light. with Greeny. Okay. Hembo and Bubba, you are both going to love this. Both of you have known me a very long time. Both of you have worked with me for a very long time. I consider both of you my friends. And here's what I'm about to tell you as I give the green light to myself. One of my favorite movies when I was a kid was a movie called Heaven Can Wait with Warren Beatty. Hembo, are you familiar with that movie? I'm not. Uh, Bubba, if I'm not mistaken, did you have a director's credit on that movie? Were you involved somehow in the production of Heaven Can Wait? Oh, I was involved. Yeah, I, I thought so. For those who've never seen it, and I'll give you a very brief synopsis of what is a very complicated plot, Warren Beatty plays an NFL quarterback who dies and comes back as a billionaire, buys the Los Angeles Rams, and makes himself the quarterback. It's a great movie, and it is a lot more complicated than I just made it sound. But here's the deal. I was going over some numbers yesterday about just how good the Dodgers are. The Dodgers are so good that I have decided I think I could buy them, mandate that I have to be in the lineup every day, and we would still win the World Series. (laughs) I think they're that good. So the first step in this would be me buying the Dodgers. I happen to know who owns the Dodgers. His name is Mark Walter. He is a a, a Northwestern guy. Um, You know, and they're probably worth, what, three, four billion dollars. So I got to come up with that. So let's just say for the sake of argument, I do that. Let's just say I have $4 billion. I call up Mark. I say, I'll take the team off your hands. Now I install myself, and the only mandate that I give Dave Roberts, the manager, is I need to be somewhere in the lineup every single day. The question is, do we still win the World Series? What are my losses above replacement player? Right. So there's war. 
And, and I'd be LAR. I would be L-A-R. How many losses would I create by my presence, that it would keep the Dodgers from winning. Hembo, your thoughts. So I ran some numbers here, Greeny. Let's start by talking about your glove, okay? Yeah, I'm a good glove man. Okay, so to be clear, you're not mandating where you play, just that you play. Anywhere. It could be different places every day. Uh, okay, well, since the Dodgers are a smart organization, they'll put you in the least important position probably, left field, and they'll probably essentially ask you to straddle the left field line. Does that sound about right? So you're suggesting that I have one foot in foul territory and one foot in fair territory in left field. Yeah, you're probably going to cover like 5% of the outfield. They'll move Mookie Betts to right center. They'll play their center fielder in left center. It's going to be the worst defensive outfield of all time, but probably not crippling. There's a lot of strikeouts in today's game. No one even puts the ball in play anyway. I think we can estimate that your defense in the outfield will cost the Dodgers one run every other game. Why why am I straddling the foul line? Like what, what, what? Why am I serving more purpose there than I am if I just move a little over? They can still, you can still put them wherever you want to. So where do you want to play? Well, I, I, I'd like to play in fair territory. I mean, I think I can do that. Can you put me on the actual field? Well, they'll put you wherever the analytics say you belong. Oh, I understand that. The analytics say I should be selling hot dogs, but that's not what I'm doing as the owner of the team. I want to be in the game. I've estimated that your defense yep. is going to cost the Dodgers one run every other game, so about 80 runs okay. over the course of a That's season. That's fair. You go one that? run every other game. My okay. losses above replacement is one run every other game. Let's talk about your bat. My bat. So you're obviously going to hit ninth in the batting lineup, considering that sees the least amount of daylight. Is that fair? That seems reasonable. You're not going to mandate that you hit cleanup for the Dodgers? No, no, no. Anywhere they want to put me. Let's not, let's not be ridiculous. So that means you're going to bat something like 600 times. Over the course of the season. What okay. are you going to go, like 10 for 600? Oh, no. I'm not getting 10 hits. Are you kidding? I might get hit by a pitch once or twice. <laughs> That's probably it. If someone is oh, real on. wild, maybe they walk me. You'll get a couple knocks. Oh, get out what of here. How am I getting about? knocks? <laughs> 10 hits? I think Mike Greenberg's going to get 10 hits off I, a major league pitcher? Even I'm with you, Bubba. Okay, I mean, I've right. never gotten a hit in the celebrity <laughs> softball game. I, I, I have made outs. I lined out to Billy Crystal. I popped up to a backstreet boy. I mean, I've never gotten a can, hit. Can you learn to bunt? I could try bunting. Okay. Yeah. Between bunting and then your, your other, you know, sort of level area. I might be able to move a runner over. Move the runner over. How about double play avoidance? <laughs> you can, you can, you can I'm avoid, not that fast. No, but you can avoid hitting it. Uh, that's, that's true. I will not hit into a single double play because I won't make contact that's, the entire and season. And that's a valuable skill in baseball. Yeah. There are two factors that I think we need to consider here, though. The first of which is you're going to be, if you're hitting ninth, the pitcher's going to be hitting eighth. These are National League rules here. So right. essentially the bottom 30 year order is, is a wash. This kind of screws me. I think I need to buy an American League team so I could be the DH. Further... Anytime there are two outs, they're just going to intentionally, intentionally walk everyone in front of you and pitch to you with two outs, usually with the bases loaded. That's fair. So I would estimate that you're going to cost the Dodgers one run per game with your bat. Okay. You're not going to affect the top half of the order, which is outstanding. But I think one run per game. So on one off- and a half runs per game is essentially what you're telling me. You're going to cost the Dodgers 240 runs this season. All right. And, and what percentage of their total run scored is that? Like how, how much is that is 240 runs worth? I have the answer to that. So the Dodgers are playing at about a 115-win pace. That's over the last two seasons. Right. So you're going to subtract those 240 runs, the 160 less that you're scoring, and the 80 <laughs> that I'm giving up. More that you are allowing. You can't even say this with a straight face. The answer to the question is this. The 2021 Dodgers would win 100 games if you played every single game for them. Which would still win the division. We'd still win the division. We'd be in the playoffs, and we got a shot at this thing. You're going to cost the Dodgers 15 wins 
all by yourself. Okay, I have so much more of this I want to dive into. Let me take a break. I'm changing everything I was planning. I, I think that we can make this happen. I want to get Bubba's perspective on it and much more. We'll do that. We'll come back with more on this in just a moment. Once again, I'm buying the Dodgers and I'm playing for them every day and we're still going to win the World Series. We'll continue this right after <laughs> some straight talk from Straight Talk Wireless. Yeah, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half feels really good, like walk-off home run in the ninth inning good, which I probably would not hit any, but I give it my best shot. <laughs> With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. That's up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Baseball is back and so are your favorite teams and players. Catch all the best of the bigs all year on ESPN+. Plus. Over 170 live games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com slash baseball. If you're just joining me here, I can't go over this again. So uh, this is another reminder of why you need to just hang out with us for two hours. we got great stuff working here, and I can't go back and explain it. But once again, I was reminded of one of my favorite movies, Heaven Can Wait, in which Warren Beatty, who is an NFL quarterback, dies, is reincarnated as a billionaire, buys the Rams, and makes himself the quarterback. It got me to thinking the Dodgers are so ridiculously good that I could buy that team, mandate that I play every single day, and we would still win the World Series. So, Hembo, because he is my VP of analytics, you calculated that I would cost the Dodgers 240 runs a year? Which equals 15 wins. 15 wins. But that they should – will they win their division by 15 games? They might not, but I use the projection of 115 based upon all their stats. So, unless you think the Padres are going to win 100 games, there's a really good chance the Dodgers will clear them by 15 games. Okay, so we could still win the division. We could still get it done. Now, let's go through some of the particulars. You had okay. me playing left field. Right. I've got a suggestion. Okay. The way baseball is played right now, put me as a middle infielder. No. And we play the shift. Okay. The entire time. Will these guys – I am like the human shift – Basically, I'll go stand right behind second base, and let's see if these guys do hit the ball to right field. Will these guys hit the ball to right? If I'm playing second, I'm like the human shift. 
Will these guys actually hit the ball at me? I might be the solution to baseball's problem. Everyone who hates the shift, the solution might be put someone at second base who cannot field, and thus maybe people will actually put the ball in play. Well, perhaps, but in this scenario, you can't, you can't be responsible for that many chances. Like, they're going to... How many ball. chances are there, really? So you're going to probably see five... Like, if you're playing, there are a lot more chances well, than... Well, that's if, what I'm asking okay. you. Are they going to hit it at me? I think you're going to see six or eight chances a game. Well, now you've got to get me out of there. Correct. You can't be handling the infield. No. So you're, you're, I think I could handle one chance a game. In the infield. I actually was a decent... A, a decent defensive player when I played in my youth. What like, are you I mean, talking about? You can handle what? <laughs> one the ball is going to come 130 miles at your head. Let me, no, no. Let me, we're, we're talking about on the defensive side. I'm saying. Yeah, if, it, the, it comes pretty fast off the right. bat. If yeah. I'm playing second base and there's <laughs> yeah. a runner at first yes. and the ball is hit to the shortstop okay. and I, I could rush over to second and catch the flip. Okay. We well, want you to you touch the ball I'll give as you that. frequently as possible. I understand that. I'll give you the flip. So, again, you own the team. So, if you say I'm playing How about second, just a routine ground ball? I can't, I can't field one routine ground ball? You could one out of 162 games, but you're – if you played second base, when I did this math, I th- if you played second base, you would cost the team one run per game with your defense and your offense. Routine ground balls are hit pretty hard. No, I understand that. But I think I could catch, if there were six of them hit at me, I think I could make a play on one not, of them. Not and then the other five times, the guys are at third. How about first base? Could I play first base? No that would, way. That would be a disaster. No I could way. catch. Uh, you're, if you're telling me. That the ball is hit to the left side of the infield. I just need to scoot over to the bag, stretch as best I can, <laughs> and just catch a perfectly delivered throw. You think I can't do that? I think that you have a chance to do that, but they throw about 90 across the diamond and very rarely right at you. Could you even catch 90? Yeah. Well, I've never tried to catch 90, so I don't. I mean, I really can't answer that question. Well, the answer is no. I'll well, answer okay, so it for let's, let's put you a catcher then. Let's put you a catcher, shall we? No, he oh, put me a catcher. Great. We got problems. I can't even get in that position. Would the 2021. <laughs> I can't squat. <laughs> Would the 2021 Dodgers win one game if you caught for them every game? Would I have to catch the whole game? Every game. Hell every no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We'd get relegated to the Atlantic League or something like that. I, can't, I couldn't even squat. I would, I'd, have to be, I'd have to catch from a mostly standing upright position. Could you finish the first inning or would you be removed from the game? Well, it would, it would really depend. If I'm the owner, I guess I'd finish. <laughs> the, the inning could become eternal. So you, what you're saying is you don't think Clinton Kershaw is like... No. Like, so here's the point. Here's the point. Bubba, uh, just a quick take from you. If, they, if, if we went back to Hembo's way and we just hid me as best as a person can be hidden, <laughs> would the Dodgers still win the division if I played for them every day? I mean, maybe I'll give you the division because you can maybe just eke out the NL West, but there is a 0.0 chance <laughs> you guys are winning in the playoffs when – it's all the marbles, and we have Mike Greenberg in left field in October. There is no chance the Dodgers are winning the World Series with you playing in left field. Wow. You may get the NL West. Congrats. You can get a ring, but you're not winning the, uh, the World Series. Okay. I mean, I can't sit here and fight back against that. I will merely say I would be the worst sports owner ever. Like, I can sit here and rant and rave about these guys. I would make, if I owned a team, I would make Jerry Jones look like Jerry Lewis. I'd be making trades. I'd be making play calls to take back to football. I would fire a coach during a game. I'm telling you right now, if I owned the Jets, and and if the people who owned the Jets were paying attention last year, they might have done this. I would have fired Adam Gase during a game. 
I literally would have gone. I don't even mean at halftime. I, mean, I would have walked on the sideline. I would have walked over and just tapped him on the shoulder and said, "You're gone. You're done. You have no, literally, no idea what you're doing. We can't do worse." So, and I would have. I don't even. I would have promoted one of the assistants, or I would have just done it myself. Would I be better? Would, would I be better off being the head coach of a football team or or playing every day in an NFL team? I mean, a baseball team. You'd be- a head coach. <laughs> I'd be better or worse as a head You'd coach? You'd be better as a head coach. I think that's probably right. All right, we will do the green list coming up next. It's about the greatest player of all time. McShay is on the way as well. Stick around. We're having some fun on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.